0: and what people people regard as puppy love, I had like rockwilder love. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was,
0: I was. I wasn't vicious, but I'm talking about strong. Like we walking down the aisle next week. Cause essentially I was trying to run towards love. Like I couldn't get it from him. I couldn't get affirmation from him. And, and I couldn't feel like someone loved me now let me let me let me put this in here i received a lot of love like from my mother and my grandmother and my grandparents. it so it wasn't like no one loved me but for some odd reason i shouldn't say some odd i know what it is i wanted it from him <laughs>
2: You're listening to the Awkward Single Life podcast. My name is Tiffany Hines. I am a singer, songwriter, a creative who also is a single woman who finally put language to mine and others' dating experiences. Dating culture is awkward. I've heard so many untold stories from men and women, and the time has come to share them. And as your homegirl, I got you. We'll talk sexuality, dating breakups, singleness, marriage, and all the craziness in between and how to give God glory in it. No matter what age you are, it's going to be a wild ride. So let's get to it. On today's show, I have a really great friend, personal motivator, public speaker. He is a Beast in sales and marketing, uh-uh. <laughs> you are. You are like, don't be fooled. We know. We know you got money. Uh, <laughs> um, he's passionate. Um, about work. I think, just has a fantastic work ethic. He's also in ministry. Um, I just feel like you're like the point person that people go to uh, for wisdom and just for really good, like excellent. Facts, an excellent um, presentation, and um, I just want to present to everybody, Jason Parks. Uh, thank you so much, Jason, for coming on the show today. The awkward single life. Isn't it cool uh, that you're on here, Jason, and you're not single?
0: <laughs> I, I said this before. I'm more awkward than I am single. So <laughs> if if you're ready for a whole bunch of awkward, you are in the right place. That's I'm okay.
2: I think you saying awkward actually like explains like our first experience because you think I was acting funny or whatever to you. But I was just like, he just really like came to me awkward. (laughs) See,
0: See? No, no. Let me, let, let me at least for people who weren't there, because nobody else was there. Well, you were talking to somebody. So it was my first time at church and you were leading, um, worship. And so, um, Afterwards, I saw you in the hall and I was like, I'm gonna tell her how good she was. Right. <laughs> and, and it, it was awkward because I said, okay, you have to do this in a way in which she knows you're not coming on to her, but mm-hmm. you have to be complimentary. Right. Because I was impacted by your, your singing. So I said, okay, just go up to her and tell her how good it was. So I just, I walked up to you and I'm like, you know, this is like my first time here. And wow, you just did an excellent job in worship. I really, you know, I really felt kind of everything you were singing and you looked dead at me and you were like, OK. <laughs> and I just walked away. I said, you know what? I'm not coming back to this church. I am not talking. Jason, to you did not else. say this
2: was your first time. You did not say it was your first time there at church. No. Are you okay, sure? so, Yes, because it's my job to then be like, oh, how can I point you to somebody? <laughs> and I definitely didn't do that. But it was like your demeanor. So I'm pretty sure you had on a button up like you do now. Yes. And so it's like button to the, to the top. <laughs> yes. yes. Like this, like very, like pristine, but like you were excited, but you were kind of like not stumbling like over your words, but just like... <laughs> Yeah, you're just so. And I, I don't know, like, like, I'm not always great with compliments. Like, I don't know what to say when it's like, talking about worship stuff, you know, like, oh, worship. And it's like, oh, thank you. You know, but I just, it it was just like the way I didn't know.
0: (laughs) I was starstruck. I didn't know know that you would be.
2: Be starstruck when I got a better car. Okay. (laughs) Listen.
0: That. It, was, it was the caliber of ministry that I witnessed and I was impacted by. So I was just like, okay, all right, just tell her how good she was. And then you just sent me away like, sir, no. get in the line with the rest of the people Y'all, who want an autograph.
2: I am not like that at <laughs> all. At all. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> so I just meet with my hat in my hand. I went to the back of the line behind the no. other people with their autograph. He probably like, dang. And I said like,
2: stuck up for something, but I just, I wish that someone else could just kind of like witness. <laughs> I, I, I'm i just saying it was kind of a nerdy. Yeah.
0: it was. It, no, it was because <laughs> I was overthinking it and I was, I was like, okay, you don't, you're not, you're not about to ask her for a date or anything. Right. Not that I could, I'm married, but I'm just saying, I didn't want to give that impression, but I did want to right. express my heart. Like, man, you really killed it, but you didn't mean to, because it was like slow worship music. So you didn't, it was like, great. And I just didn't, that was the first time I honestly can say this. That was the first time that I had experienced worship music like that, because I came from a, you know, hand clapping, foot stomping type of place. Right. And so you were, you were singing, um, Mercy I don't even know by the, the who the lady is but the name of the song is oh, you. oh yeah okay mm-hmm. whatever right yeah. and I had never heard the song and you sounded just like the recording and you know well, <laughs> from what I can tell a recording sounds like so I'm like wow oh my god and she's right there I'm gonna tell her how great it was so yes I was nerdy <laughs> and it was awkward and I'm, I'm here okay it doesn't matter you're
2: right? here and now Jason and I we're great <laughs> friends <laughs> We work together um, and it's been really great. And I feel like in that we've just had so many cool conversations about life, God. I mean, I don't even know at this point, Um, but um, a few weeks ago we were at work. He also is our outreach, outreach director. He's just, he's doing all these amazing things. We're at church slash work. And we just, I don't even know how we got on the topic
1: Mm
2: -mm. about fathers. Oh, I think that, I think, I think um, Jen was having a girls weekend. Uh, And so you had just done a bunch of stuff early in the morning to like prepare, you know, the kids and stuff like that. So she could just have a good time with her girlfriends. So that's how we kind of got on the subject of, fatherhood. And it was just so good. And I was just starting, I love when I start feeling like enlightened and like perspective that I just don't get a window to, of course, like you just don't get a window into everything because you're, I have my own life. You have your own life. And so when you start talking with someone and then they give perspective that you never even thought of, yeah, Hey, we need to talk about this <laughs> even more. And I felt like it would be really good for men to hear and and for women to hear as well, just us kind of just share our journeys with fatherhood and the, the subconscious things that kind of like affect you. I first want to say for anyone listening that this is not a Father bashing show or a male bashing show. If that was the case, Jason wouldn't be here. He's both of those things. <laughs> so um, we're we're not here at all to um, do that, but to bring perspective of don't take your presence, your aura, who you are, lightly. Your presence it is priceless. And so, um, if you're a male listening to this, I really, really hope that you're able to connect with some things that Jason says, because I, I think it's going to be like a really, really good thing. I hope women can pull from Jason's perspective. I hope men and women can pull from my perspective and my experiences And um, we love our dads, you know, but it is what it is. <laughs> so um, Jason, um, can you walk us through some, some of your childhood and the dynamic you and your, your father had?
0: Yeah, so I had a, a good childhood, right? And so I want to make sure that that's very clear. And I want to make sure that people understand that even good has ups and downs, good and bad. Like, so I had a really good childhood, had a great family, but there were some, some points in my life that were, that just had a big impact on me with regards to my father. So, I was I was an unexpected kid my wife uh, my my mother sorry was 17 when she had me my dad was 19 they were in high school so I was I was unexpected and that's okay we all can do math right and so <laughs> later later in life they got they got married and so um you know lived with both of my parents so I I think a lot of times people think, okay, that's the only thing you need. You need both people in the house. And the reality is you need more than just two bodies in a in a house yeah. um, to truly make it a home. And so with my father, I, I remember probably, I can count on one hand, memories of him when I was a kid. Just one hand. Just um memories that probably three out of the five were negative. Um, um, one of the memories that I hold dear, one of them is I remember going to my grandmother's house and I was, man, I was young, maybe five or six or seven. And I remember going up the stairs, I can still see see it and feel it. And he turned around and he says, come on, baby boy, come on, baby boy. And he had never, from what I remember, let me say, from what I remember, had used any type of term. Of endearment with me, and I remember it because even though he said "baby boy" and you know to not the movie, I wasn't Tyrese, not that baby boy. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I I felt like he saw me. The other memory I have is when he fixed my starter in my car. It broke down at Burger King when I was going off campus in high school, and Lord use that situation to <laughs> keep. <it.
2: laughs> but were you going off campus during school hours? You know?
0: It was lunch hour. It was oh, lunch hour. Oh, it was
2: off campus lunch. Okay.
0: Yeah. But my mama said, don't you take that car off campus. And it was eight of us in my car. We went to Burger King.
2: No, we, not I, eight. <laughs> I had a
0: 1980 Buick Electra. You have to look it, look it up to see how big that car was. It was my first car. It, I was a uh, junior in high school, and my mother was like, Do not leave that campus with that car. 1980 Buick Electra, baby <laughs> blue. We used to call it the Lolo.
1: Whoa.
2: Okay, that's what, <clears throat> all steel. I'm looking at it. <laughs> all steel, steel
0: bumper. Absolutely. It was beautiful. It had an eight track player in it when I got it. Anyway,
2: so. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jason, you definitely sound like you're <laughs> like really old. No, the car was old. I know the car is old. old. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just waiting on you to show me a picture of you in an afro. No, like, okay, all right, see, <laughs> see,
0: see, you know. But what? you're,
2: you, but you're not that old. But I'm just, you're really excited about this eight track and stuff because and it look. was the
0: Lolo. It was a part of just my high school years. Okay, anyway,
2: okay. Well, did it have like sounds in the back or something?
0: I did. So, okay. I did put some speakers in the back, some six by nines on the inside. Got me a CD player, blew the speakers out. Didn't have enough money to get one of the boxes <laughs> for the trunk. I wanted right. to rattle, but I was broke. So <laughs> we just got some six by nines from the, uh, the, uh, the outlet and, uh, kind of patched them in, twisted some wires and we Good was knocking go. a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, see, I think you're making fun of me on your podcast.
2: No, no, I, it makes more sense. that Since you said you put sounds in this, yeah. everybody go go Google this so you can see what this looked like. Now I can see eight eight kids getting yeah. in there. Yeah, 10, okay. ten
0: high schoolers, all <laughs> about 120 pounds each. Yep. Getting into the low-low, okay? <laughs> um, but that was the other positive um of experience with my my father the other experiences were negative i mean um he unfortunately had an addiction problem and so there are other memories that i have actually have more than five i just thought of a couple of other ones related to his addiction Mm -hmm. and so it created this angry child in me because everything that he did with regards to me it was just it just was negative so i had this This awkward, I hate to use that word, relationship with him, in which, though I, when I was younger, despised him, I still yearned for his approval and his affirmation. And so I would just be battling on the inside to get as far away from him as I could, but still have hope that he would turn around and say, Come here, baby boy. Like it would, and I'm talking about that. As a child, through high school and college, just kept looking for that same feeling that I had when I was five, six, or seven, when he says, come here, baby boy, still Mm -hmm. hoping and turning around, looking for that. So the the relationship with him was just, I'm going to call it volatile, just from a standpoint of my own emotional back and forth with him. And if anybody has had a family member, that had some type of addiction problem, whether it was alcohol or or drugs of any kind of, you you know some of those stories. I don't have to go through all those details. You know those stories about inconsistency and stuff missing sometimes and missed missed dates when you were supposed to be together or pickups and drop offs and all that stuff. So it it was just, when I said, when I went to college, I said, I'll never come back. That's why I told my mother, I'll never come back to this house as long as he's here. I'm never coming back. Mm. So that's that was the first 20 years, 21 years of my life with with my father. Um, It was good, bad and ugly.
2: As you were saying, with just if you've had a family member or whatever that has had or dealt with substance abuse and what that looks like. I think one thing that when we were talking that day at work that we both just like resonated with is both the same thing on the substance abuse.
1: Yeah. And
2: my dad as well, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what it was about what the eighties, when we yeah. say the eighties or something
1: Yeah.
2: You with know, just, it, it just shows you. And it's sad when you think about history and drugs and cocaine and those things being dropped off into the hood, Right. that that stuff and, and them um, being able to access that. Yeah. And then it's your dad <laughs> that it affects, which means it affects you. Right directly and indirectly, I personally don't have memories of seeing my dad like do any um substance um, my older sister does, but um i I don't I just have the memories with the inconsistency of saying like, oh, you're gonna come and you're and you like not show up um that happened a lot um as 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 we were a little bit older as young kids, seven, eight, nine, um, those memories. I I have fun memories. They're, they're small, very, very limited of my younger sister. And I like going over to my grandmother, his mom's house and hanging out with my cousins and us having fun and, you know, jumping on the beds and jumping on the bunk beds. And one of my cousins breaking her arm because we Mm -hmm. weren't supposed to be doing that. And she missed the bed and, you know, broke out like that. That stuff I I'll never forget. But it's literally like the only memories that I have mm. of me getting to go over to my you know grandmother's house. But then there would just be these really wide, long spaces of yeah. nothing, and yeah. so that back and forth thing. And um, it affects like each child differently. It's a yeah. My home is three girls. And even those three girls, it just all affected us you know mm-hmm. differently, and for me, I wasn't angry. that wasn't mm-hmm. um something that I experienced some of my other siblings, yeah, um, but for me, it was just different and yeah. i I'm still right now like i I did not recognize as a child the way that those things have affected me until later now like kind of coming out of college like the latter years of college um into my 20s and like now into my 30s because everyone's different and for me like in my head as a kid having a dad wasn't on the high priority list Mm. like it didn't feel as as a void as much as like not having friends did of one time where my my younger sister and I we were planning to go over and um I think I mentioned on the show before the first church I grew up in we were in church all the time like five times a week right right and, um we were there on a friday night for choir rehearsal and our mom had us pack our bags and stuff because he was picking us up after and you know you go through the choir rehearsal thing and like you're waiting and stuff. And now it's starting to get late. Like, I feel like it might've been 10 or past 10 and we're still kind of waiting. And then my mom, she, you know, says, um, Hey, like he's not coming. Mm. And so my younger sister, um, we're just a year apart, but she just was really hurt by it. She just, you know, I remember I have that memory. And, um, her just crying on my shoulder about it. And we're, we're still young, still really young kids. But I think like as young as I was, I think I'm, I like made kind of like a resolve and not like a mad resolve or anything. I just was like, I don't think I'm going to cry over this anymore. Mm. And I just, that was just how it was. And I never thought anything about that, <laughs> that I don't know what, like it, until now at 33 and I'm working through making that decision, not that it was like a forget you dad. Cause I have not been that child, but that resolve also probably like cut off some other emotions. these things they kind of they don't just stay in one place or in one lane but they just kind of spill out um, to other areas like of our lives and it'll yeah. differently
0: I when you you know when you mentioned it cut off other emotions like that's me all day uh, um, that feeling of fatherlessness started to interrupt how I fathered in my own my fatherhood like how I fathered my children I didn't I didn't know that and because it cut off the well let me say it like this in order to cope with my feeling of fatherlessness I had to shut down the feeling of vulnerability like I had to shut down being open and um having expectations of him I had to in order to protect myself right so however not being emotionally mature I shut it down in such a way that I was not vulnerable to really anybody Mm -hmm. um I didn't I didn't allow myself to be emotionally attached to too many people and then when I did kind of to what you just said it it just flood it just came flooding out like eventually if I got comfortable then I'm just up on you like you you my boo like we (laughs) are booed up we are married now we's we's married now Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and so I had in order to cope now I didn't know this like again you're 15 16 17 and what people people regard as puppy love. I had like Rockweiler love. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I
1: was.
0: I was I wasn't vicious. But I'm talking about strong. Like mm-hmm. we walking down the aisle next week. Cause wow. essentially I was trying to run towards love. Like I couldn't get it from him. I couldn't get affirmation from him mm-hmm. and and I couldn't feel like someone loved me. Now let me let me let me put this in here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I received a lot of love, like from my mother and my grandmother, yeah. and my grandparents. It so it wasn't like no one loved me.
2: Oh yeah, but, same. I that's again a reason why I really couldn't tell. I'm like my home was safe. It was yeah. full of love, so I didn't feel those same things. You know, as someone yeah. else may.
0: I was loved. It's just that. I, for some odd reason, I shouldn't say some odd, I know what it is. I wanted it from him, right? And okay, well, it's okay. And so in order to protect myself in that one space, I was shut down. And then here's this, I meet you. If you tell me I got a nice vest on, I'm in love with you, like, because you you accept me, you get me, you know? what I'm And it's like, what? I just told you you got a nice vest.
2: But mm-hmm. um, Jason, like, did you did you like know then at 15 and 16 that that's why you were doing that? Like, Oh, you know, this, this girl complimented me and you were able to identify then like, it's because you really want like acceptance and to be embraced from your dad. I
0: was not self-aware. I had zero clue. I had zero clue. And I, 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 and it's odd because it started creating this fantasy. Well, let, let me add this, because this is very important in terms of my, my my story. I also was, my mother was doing a great job with raising me without him, quote unquote. What came along with that was some rhetoric like, don't you treat your wife like that? Or you don't do a woman like that? Or yeah. you don't talk to a woman, right? So there was some some training and some teaching that came along with that that i took right and so so the father feeling of fatherlessness and seeing some of the things i saw along with some of the rhetoric where my mother had to compensate the reality she was trying to compensate emotionally and training and and all that stuff it i started saying well okay yeah this girl said i had a nice vest I'm going to be nice to her and I'm not going to treat her like that. Right. So I started using that and I thought it was good. That's what I was supposed to do. So I wasn't processing. I just started acting the way I should, or I thought I should at least. So it was a lot of action without that type of introspection. So I had no clue. I was just doing the right things. But in terms of being whole and healthy, I wasn't there yet. I would. I, I wish I could say yes, you know. The Lord gave me revelation that, that nah, I was just out of mm-hmm. here trying to marry people
2: mm-hmm.
1: and
0: and and make up for what I didn't get.
2: Yeah. Did girls when you were that young use that type of rhetoric to you like, hey, you'll get attached too soon or like you're a little clingy or controlling? What like what were the things that they were saying to you that you noticed like this is a repeated thing? <sighs> Oh, no, you're getting too deep now.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Um, Like attracts like. Right. Here I was insecure, feeling fatherless, and I would meet other insecure young ladies who also felt fatherless. So when I was trying to control um, the situation, uh, because control is one of the the Kind of consequences of growing up in an environment where you want to protect yourself, it it, it turns into control, right? Because you want to protect yourself from this influence of negativity, this influence of hurt, and all that. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say me, um, but it became when I would meet someone who felt fatherless. She wanted to be protected. Yeah. She wanted she wanted somebody to love her. To no end and write letters like it like on the surface it it could look romantic, it can look sweet right it can mm-hmm. look like this guy's really into me on the surface, but at the end of the day, I was trying to create a narrative in this relationship where I would not get hurt and if I poured out all this love to you you wouldn't be able you wouldn't hurt me um so no it, it wasn't you know man, you're too clingy or now you what, what are you doing I would find other young ladies who had issues with their fathers, and they wanted a young man who would say to them, "Oh, you're so pretty today." And she got two teeth. You know what I'm saying, or no teeth. And you, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All the people with no teeth. You, you are
2: beautiful. You're still fine. You Somebody. You, you are
0: fine. I'm just absolutely. I'm just, I'm just hey, But
2: there was this guy. Um, uh oh. That no. <laughs> fine, fine in college. Fine, okay. But. He must have like got a tooth um knocked out or something from football or something like that. But I didn't know that at the time when I first um saw him until like one day like he was laughing like in the cafeteria and he was laughing with his friends and then I noticed it and I was like, Yo please that guy still could get anybody he wanted. <laughs> oh,
1: so anybody you doing he
2: wanted the
0: snaggle tooth. You weren't doing you weren't doing the snaggle tooth? You
2: oh i I mean I was like way too shy to say anything like he was like a senior. I was a freshman. It was just a freshman oh. crush <laughs> but I didn't know I didn't know, but regardless of like he was still fine, so oh yeah, people no, out I'm, here
0: listen no listen, there's <laughs> correct there's corrective surgery for anything if you yep. if you want it uh you know, back in the day, having a gap was an issue, like it wasn't, but now having a gap that's like that gets you a model modeling contract. You know true. what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, ignore my, my, uh, my bass and humor, But, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I would meet other insecure young ladies who were dealing with fatherless, the feeling of fatherlessness or true fatherlessness. Um, so it never came across like that, but I would love hard. I mean, I would love hard and dependent. And if you're in high school, those are the quote unquote cutest couples, right? He all in love. And I would, I'm buying you 40 balloons for (laughs) Valentine's day. You walking through the hall about to take off like up because you you know, I bought you 40 balloons. So the, I I think I want to make sure it's clear. Like I was acting the way I should in terms of loving, but I was, I didn't, I was lost. I was empty because of the effect of not having the affirmation from my, my father,
2: trying to figure
0: it out, (laughs) trying to, trying to figure it out and, and trying to correct his mistakes. The reality Mm. was because of that rhetoric from my mother, I was trying to correct his mistakes. Right. Because you mentioned earlier, kind of the, a vow, like a self vow, my self vow was I'll never do my kids like this. Mm-hmm. And I I adopted some of what my mom said never do. I'll never talk to a woman like that. I'll never do this because he did. I ain't never going to do it. And it, it really was resentment and bitterness. At the end of the day, I can look back now and like I was resentful of him and I was dead wrong, but I was immature. I didn't know how to handle that. And that's the that's the impact, I think, um, on on some of us w- with regards to fatherlessness or the feeling of fatherlessness. You just don't know. And Mm -hmm. that thing starts to creep up on you at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. In in relationships, we just have no control. You're just like, man, where did that come from? Some unresolved issues. So anyway.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jason, like in your community of friends, um, have you, whether when you were young or even now, like how do you feel like the man around you? are that maybe haven't, um, had their dads around compared to guys that have.
0: Wow. So around me, I have many more examples of men who did not have their fathers around. Here's the, the, the comparison, the ones who had have their fathers around they have many more stories about their father's presence they have many more memories about family vacations and and all of that helps them in their marriage and all of that helps them with their children all of that helps them through life circumstances when they get in trouble they have something to fall back on i'm talking about the guys with those father experiences yeah they can lean back on what their dad said did whatever and those of us who have these difficult situations you know when we are being honest and open with each other we 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 mess up some very important opportunities where we we could have maybe rebounded we could have recovered a little quickly or maybe we relied on some things situations advice that we shouldn't we shouldn't have. So um that comparison creates a huge gap. Now I see I also see that gap with regards to how quickly they marry. Like the, the guys without the fathers, some again okay, I and I want to be very clear that I'm not speaking for all men or anything like that. I'm just speaking to my community that I know of, they aren't as quick to get into that relationship. They're not as quick, uh, and I'm talking about relationship in the pure sense of that word, commitment and fidelity, right? They're not as quick to get into that relationship. They enjoy being free, and from our conversations, most of that is because of that protectionism, the same protectionism that I experienced that 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 had me shut down emotionally. Some of those single guys are experiencing that same protectionism, whereas they don't want to be hurt, man. We, they don't they don't want to experience um, someone leaving them again,
1: right. or
0: aban- abandoning abandoning them, you know. And so they're less likely to commit early or, or quickly or mm-hmm. as strong, right? So they they have one and keep one on the side, versus the guys that I know who have strong fathers, they committed like they mm-hmm. were like I'm I'm with you and this is what we're gonna do. I'm not saying oh man, you know. The, the father makes
2: yeah yeah, it, yeah it's
0: you know what i mean but it, with regards to the community i see that that ability to commit and be more healthy in relationships as well and if they do mess up they have somebody they can call you know they have someone they can lean on
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and while the, the some of us that don't have that father figure um we're in search of that father figure like we're we're, we're searching for and um, unfortunately, with some of my friends, they stop searching for it and they just like they're on their own. Like I, this is my world. I'm going to just do how I want to.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: whatever collateral damage that is. Oh, well, <laughs> but mm-hmm. unfortunately.
2: Yeah. And it's probably because of. Being hurt. And I think like from what I've heard from men say, just navigating manhood and then fatherhood and then husbandhood is <laughs> so much to do that and it feels like this you know just heavy weight of responsibility and it and it is you know um and to not have someone to help guide you and you feel just out here just lost you know um it is very really hard really hard and it can bring some anger and resentment that like I'm fumbling and I'm messing up and all this stuff because I don't have an example.
0: That has been my experience. Like it's some, there came a point. So I got married at 23. First of all. So, yeah, you know, look. man, I'm <laughs> telling you like that, that remember that Rockweiler love, like you know, somebody was like, <laughs> I'll
1: take it. I'll Stop. take it. <laughs> Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and we are—we're still married. We're celebrating our sweet 16th anniversary Aww. this year in a uh, couple on the 18th of October. So, sorry, oh, the it's 16th coming up. of October. Yeah, yeah. So, I—I um, I really, I really battled with that. All these issues that we've been talking about. I really. Battled with commitment. I really battled with that rock love. And then after all that started to wear off, you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What did I, what did I do? And then along the way, when it was like time to talk to somebody about how do I be a husband, honestly, I couldn't talk to my daddy. Like he was, he was a husband in title, but in role just couldn't give me, you know, what, what I needed in some very critical times. And so I did, you know, try to find a book or, you know, back in the day, there wasn't a podcast I was listening to. There wasn't a a YouTube video. It was just like, I'm listening to my boys and they like, well, bro, strip club full of uh, females. You ain't got to worry about you know what I mean? And so right. <laughs>
1: that
0: that's the advice that you, right. you know, unfortunately, I, I leaned on, not too heavy because my wife wasn't having that. Uh <laughs>
2: you,
0: you went to where? Oh no. Right. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, the, the the point is like at 23, man, it was a struggle to f- understand husbandhood, like to understand how to properly protect my wife, not control her.
1: Like mm, to know,
0: the, I love know that I know the the difference protection, not control how to how to love who she is and not try to force her to be somebody else that I saw on t v or in a movie or whatever you know what I mean, like I had no clue all of those things were under the surface of being a husband mm-hmm. and fatherhood I was a father at twenty five with twins. I had two kids out the gate and all I had, all I could rely on is okay. All right. Uh, make sure they eat, uh, keep a job, uh, pick them up, change a diaper. You know, I just, it was like, (laughs) it was bargain basement. Like the basics you, I was doing fatherhood from Ross. Like I was getting the the clearance rack (laughs) version of it. You know what I mean? Uh
2: (laughs) all right.
0: Like, <laughs> it, was, it was a. It was discounted. Right.
2: Maybe you got to go it through was... all the racks to find it. it was, <laughs> oh man, Ross! It was,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. No shade to Ross.
2: I'm so sorry. I know. Ross. I know. It. It's got some cool pieces, but you're gonna do some work to find them. You pieces. ever been to
0: DD's Dee Discounts? DD's Dee Discounts is. It's like a uh, one time. Gorman Gorman Mills, it's like Gorman Mills. Okay. Anyway, it, it's it's like it's like the clearance rack of Ross. So anyway, yeah. yeah. But that's that's how those are. That's the skill I had. Now I'm gonna be very clear. I did have men in my life that I did pull some things from. Um, but it it was a patch job.
2: Uh, One thing you were talking uh, just about of of having examples and we talked about this a little bit um, when we were at work and um, it's something that is so I'm really passionate about it um, is father figures or, you know, in church, sometimes we call them spiritual fathers, but father figures, I'll say that um, as a general term. And um, when it comes to men in faith, My experience um, has been um, growing up, like as a kid, like I said, I didn't see this huge, I I didn't feel this like huge deficit of a dad. Like I would see like some parents and stuff like, oh, he's really cool. Or like I had a godfather. Um, I wasn't like though, like seeking to like be like him or get advice from him or any of those things. What I have personally observed is that a lot of men, seem to be really afraid of women. <laughs> hmm. And um for you know a lot of different reasons of you know they want to have a a good um healthy relationship and have accountability and honor their wives and things like that. But I just notice when I've looked around in my environments and communities I don't see a lot of men who have great families. Have life experiences that other people can learn from, um, I do not see them pursue that outside of their home. And as a person that already has been in that tussle of on and off of just trying to reconcile and build relationship with my dad and if Dad, you're ever listening to this, I love you. but working through that, I have a very disinterest in um, pursuing men. <laughs> for father relationships, and so I think uh, what what something is hard that I battle with is that I feel like a lot of older men or men with wisdom miss out on opportunities to hear God and have a a a, a healthy way to pour into women's lives, young women's lives, older maybe like adult women's lives, but you may be older. Because of this fear of women. (laughs) And, you know, because you haven't, maybe you got some things that you haven't dealt with. And I think about people, even in my family, who has never met their dad before.
1: Mm.
2: And so now they are older. And I don't know if they've ever experienced a father embrace Mm. besides God. And so just how my mind works I'm always trying to think about how someone else's experience is to put myself in their shoes. And I think about how a lot of women may have never experienced that. And they're even in the Christian faith because the assumption is, oh, well, they grown. They don't need that. They don't need you know that. And some people just have never experienced it before. And it is actually like freaking frustrating to me. I'd be really wanting at times to like snap off because I'm just kind of over men not working through that stuff to learn how to be brothers and sisters, like in the body that you would rather. I'm not telling you to go out to dinner or whatever the case is that you have, like with the setup of your home. But like, I just wonder how many men like couldn't even hear God say Hey, like I want you and your wife to show love or kind of guide this girl because you don't want you know it to look a certain way and you can put the right proper things up. I get it. Mm-hmm. There are women and men out here that you know be on something, but I just i I hate that for my family member they haven't experienced that, and I don't know if they will because at this point of 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 life, people probably don't think that they need it. They probably don't think they need it. And it's like the reality of the church is that I just I'm appreciative to the men that have um done that. I, I could name them, but they know who they are because they've literally heard me say it to them.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you for not being weird about me um, and actually pursuing me. I didn't ask you to coach me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a difference yeah. between a coach and a mentor, but. Um, but then being a father figure. But thank you for pursuing that. I just it's like my first time like publicly keep going.
0: going. Just like sharing
2: that. That frustrates me that there are just women who don't have that. And then there are gay young men in church that don't have that either. Because we just want to give them the book or take them fishing. And you won't sit around and get to know them or any of that. I just that part really, really frustrates me um, when I witness men who have all this greatness to pour, but they're either afraid to be right. father figures to women <clears throat> or kind of homophobic and don't know how to deal with gay young men. Yeah. I just... Yeah. yeah,
0: it's there is a lot of trauma that we have to deal with within the church, and so say it. You know, it it it's, and I'm I'm going to say some things. I'm gonna make some generalizations. I'm, it's not everybody in the church. It's not every black church. Yeah, say that as full disclosure. But I, I would say those people I have encountered, those churches I have encountered. Okay, I'll say I'll lead with that. But there's some trauma that we must deal with the fatherlessness that is within our churches. It's almost worse because and, and I'll say in my personal situation I know I know guys who look at my situation and say, man your father was in the home and their father wasn't in the home and they say your, your situation was better because your father at least he was there and I'm like, "No, nah, bro, it's frustrating <laughs> to see a man in front of you and you still have no connection. And so I've explained that in my personal life at home. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening within our churches. There are men sitting right there and there is no connection between the young men that 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 you stated who may be having uh issues within with their sexuality, there's no connection with the young women mm-hmm. who who just need a father's affirmation, not, not to, because she absolutely desires it, but you know, at the end of the day, I will be, I will be the first to say it. Being affirmed by someone is a good feeling. It is a good thing. It, -hmm. it does, it does bring some definition to who you are as a person. I don't care what nobody says. Yeah. I know we all live in independently,
2: but especially
0: (laughs) within the church, yeah, that, The the Bible says, and I'm not gonna preach that if you look at Titus and no, I'm not (laughs) within Titus and within Timothy, there are roles that the older play in the lives of the younger. The older men play in the lives of the younger men, and older women play in the lives of the young. There are roles that we can play for the building of the body. So. I I I share your frustration. I've worked in men's ministry for years, and I I'm I'm not gonna get on that soapbox, but <laughs> it is frustrating to see men sitting there and doing nothing. I'm gonna use what well, my mama used to say: a shiftless shiftless man ain't nothing like a shiftless man.
2: I've never say. heard that before. <laughs>
0: it, it's it, it's 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 country. Shiftless. <laughs> like, it's shiftless. What does that
2: mean? A shiftless?
0: It, just just tacky? Just Trifling, it, it's just shiftless. <laughs> I think, I think shiftless as in like a you work a shift like at work, but if you shiftless, thinking you're that. In, okay, you ain't doing nothing. That's what I think, but okay, uh, but w- we have to be much. We have to deal with that trauma, our own fatherlessness, mm. our own feelings of abandonment, and do the work because I, I, what, what I am guilty of, I was. Doing the job, but I didn't do the internal work. Hmm. I was going through the motions, but I still didn't know what the emotions needed to be in terms to connect. And that's what's going on in our churches. i grew up I grew up in a with a background where you just do what I do and you'll be okay.
1: <laughs> right?
0: So if whoever that lead guy is, if he was the pastor or the deacon, you just need to be deaconly. You need to be there to open the church door. You need to be down there to mop when the water come in the basement. You know, <laughs> or you, you just...
2: this this body posture you're doing
0: right now. <laughs> it, it, it you know it's like you know you just you know, or you preach really well. You learn that word back and forth, and as long as you make them hoop in the pulpit, everything will be okay even though even though you haven't been home to see your kids all week because you did a revival for the last six months, like it it was this disconnect, mm-hmm. right? So that's my soapbox. I'm frustrated as well. and And I thank God for my past because I think that's that has given me this I don't know, this passion to start to to look at men and to not only challenge us, right? Because I think we get enough of that, but also to empower us to say, you know what you you can you can kind of resonate on a higher frequency if you just choose to and you can make that choice yeah. and then give them some of the tools so that we right we can keep growing cuz I still have some growing to do I my my oldest children are now teenagers and I've never fathered teenagers before right I've never fathered <laughs> teenagers but there yeah. are some men in my circle that have. And to your point, I gotta knock down some of their doors just to get 10 minutes to ask them a question. Y'all see me struggling over here with these.
1: <laughs> hey, y'all see me struggling.
0: Why don't y'all help
1: me? No, I'm right. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> that.
0: But yeah, I share, I share your frustration, but that father's embrace. Yeah. That father's embrace, when it is whole, when it there's no sexual kind of innuendos and all when when a man is whole he can help change a, a generation of young men and young women.
2: I even want to take like some time um to just like empower men. Yeah. You know, and I hope that yeah. you just see that it it's not about this is what you don't do, but I mean like your like whatever our society has done and and especially you know I Jason uh, is a black man I'm a black woman but it's this show is definitely like not just targeting black people but this sure. is our black experience and yeah. this issue is heavy in the black community absence of fathers and 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 this got a lot of historical reasons behind yep. it that were very intentional that wasn't too long ago so you know, we're, uh, you know, experiencing the effects of that. And so I know that our society has not always uplifted one black men and then men period, you know, as being like, not that smart, you know, very like simple minded can only think of one thing at a time, whatever these different things are that I don't know. Sometimes when I see men who, um, even now, are kind of off and on with their kids. I'm like, I don't think that they see impact and just how great they yeah. are. They get an opportunity to build up like a world changer. And yeah. I, I just don't know what it is that sometimes as a as a man, and maybe you can speak to that of those fears that maybe they get terrified of or just don't hear it enough. Maybe they didn't grow up in a home that like, Affirm them enough. I don't know very much in about learning about substance abuse, but I know from what I've been told that addiction, it will take over your life. And you could have grown Absolutely. up with great parents in your home, you know? Yeah. And you get like hooked on something and it changes the chemical balance and how you yeah. think of everything. And you, as much as you may have wanted to do that like you're you're just it has taken a life of its own
0: yeah i i want to i want to first give and, and say from a from my personal experience this is not from a book or anything when i first began the journey to deal with the abandonment the fatherlessness the issue the the feeling of it when i began to just say i'm going to take what i have and try to grow a little bit and try to do the best I can. It's like God just flipped on a light switch with within my life where there was some clarity about things, even if it was clarity about a weakness. God began to actually say, "All right, I am behind you. Like I want this for you."
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so wh- whatever you have dealt with in your past. like I don't care what it is, your your own issues of followers, whatever it is. God wants you. He wants you to be present in your children's lives, regardless of the relationship with the mom, regardless of whatever it is. If you have children, he wants you to be a father. If you're a single man, no kids, and you're just dealing with it, God wants you to be stable and whole and healed. He wants you to do it. And I believe not only did God want it to happen, there there is this remnant of men growing that are that's changing that narrative. I'm telling yes. you, if, if if you are if you are on Instagram at all, <laughs> you 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 will yes. start to see black men. And again, this is not just about black men. This is for everybody. But I I want to speak specifically to black men. There are black men out here changing the narrative and saying I don't have all the tools. But I'm a, I'm gonna put on this tool belt, and every time I get a tool, Hello. I'm gonna keep it.
2: Come on, right?
0: So it it doesn't it doesn't matter what you don't have. We're out here trying to empower each other and encourage each other, and there is a community of us that's saying wherever you are, I got you, bro. Like, I, we're not standing in judgment of you. We are standing in support, shoulder to shoulder with you. And none of us are perfect. None of us have the right formula. But I guarantee you, if we work together we can share, right? We we can share what we have and what we've learned. So God is behind you because he wants to exemplify in, in our like natural area, not just in heaven, in our natural earthly bodies and lives. He wants to exemplify sound fatherhood.
2: So Jason, um, when it comes to fatherhood and the natural and stuff and I'll share this cuz I definitely want to you to talk a little bit about you and Jennifer and um just how that's been but um uh, for for someone that maybe doesn't have um a very strong relationship with their father how do you think in your experience how has it impacted your relationship with God and seeing him as father
0: Um, 100%, 100% it impacted my relationship with God. Um, early on, I saw God as a, an authority, like a judge, like a policeman who was just out to correct me, right? He was out to chastise me. That's because that's the role my father had with me. Mm -hmm. It was all about chastising. It was all about correction and it was never about love so when people started talking about grace and acceptance by this authority figure god it was hard for me to actually understand that and it took me years to to understand grace it just it took me years to understand true forgiveness because even if i if i messed up even if you say you forgave me, you' still gonna get me some kind of way. You' mm. still gonna you're gonna be mad at me later. You're gonna tell me to you know do this or that because now I gotta earn your forgiveness. man, one hundred percent it impacted me. And so for for the the those men who are having trouble within their relationship with their father, I would just say man take a look at how that's impacting your life your your relationship with God because there's going to take some forgiveness and some grace and some mercy extended to your earthly father for you to to kind of develop and grow in your relationship with your heavenly father and let's say you you think your relationship with your heavenly father is strong and robust if it really is that means you've taken the journey of a strong and robust relationship with your earthly father. Those are not disconnected. I'm mm. telling you, those are not disconnected. You, uh, if you hate your and this your is earthly if he's still father, alive, if you're that's if, if he's still dad. alive. Yeah. Now, I, I will. I will. My father's still alive. There are some things that my father, who's still alive, we will never discuss. Mm. He will never apologize for. And what I've had to do is come to grips with this and forgive, quote unquote, but also the next step is compassion. It Mm. it is to say, he wasn't equipped to give me what I was asking for. So you mentioned earlier about kind of, even with addiction and chemical imbalances and the consequences of a lifestyle of, of addiction, there are certain things that they will never be able to do because of the damage that drugs can do to the body and to the mind Mm -hmm. so if your father has passed understand that hey there are some consequences some things that we never signed up for like we I I just I don't think people sign up for what they end up getting when they're addicted to crack I just don't think they wanted that part of it and so after I think forgiveness there's going to be a point where there is some compassion that has to be expressed. And sometimes it's, it's not sometimes that's a process. That's a process. Yes. Every, every time that you confront that memory, every time you confront that negative conversation, if he's alive, if if he's not alive, that memory and, and that bitterness or whatever, you confront it with compassion and say, they didn't sign up for it. And matter of fact, it's some stuff that I've done that I didn't sign up for, and there's some some consequences that that were unintended.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there have been times like for real, that I've walked away from a situation I knew I could have worked out, and I'm just talking about irregular relationships mm-hmm. that I know I still walk around with like, dang, you didn't get that right. That's the, our fathers are dealing with that currently or did deal with that. They did not mm-hmm. know how to process. All these tools that we have, they didn't right. have that 20 years ago. All this stuff that we're talking about now, they didn't talk about that. And and even besides that, the things that you're dealing with, you don't know how far generationally that goes back.
2: Right.
0: So, so people are working, they're working with deficits that you don't even know about. Yeah. And as, as I've learned to process that, can I tell you that as I've worked in that area of compassion with my father and learning more about what addiction does, and I, there are times when I'm like, I ain't mad at you because I know what it feels like to, to not be equipped to do something. And the only thing you know to do is walk away or ignore it. Or mm-hmm. um, may, may, maybe it. it's just 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 suppress it. Yeah. And the more you dig into that, I'm telling you, the more we we can deal with
1: mm-hmm. the
0: forgiveness piece. The more we can deal with the reality of what God does for us every day.
2: Yeah. Every even, day I
0: I deal with that.
2: Even like hearing you talk and stuff with the compassion piece, I've I've just been thinking about when I think about my dad when he was in our home when I was very young. And even all the way up to now, you know, even though things have not been, you know, always consistent, he is actually expressive. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not a hold it in kind of guy who doesn't, you know, show his emotion, those kind of things. And so it just, it makes me just wish and and I, I hate that that's something that took over his life because. I think that like not all fathers, you know, you know, don't know how to express themselves or those kind of things. There are other things that that happen, but those things that even we don't sign up for that just happen when when, when there's just a void. Regardless if you know it's a void or not, you know mm-hmm. it's a void there that can then allow anything to be placed there. So for me, it, perfectionism like. It yeah. just be there. And I didn't grow up right. in a house where my mom was like, uh, straight A's or get out of here right. or nothing like that. But yeah. it's just like, I have no idea. It's not that, you know, everything is on you. Like the weight, like that's the weight of the world is on the Lord. <laughs> right. He right. you know, totally is the teacher and guide. Um, but that if anybody ever told you that you didn't have significance, you know, in your life, it's just not true he's giving you like your ability to carry seed
0: as you are you carry seed and what you need to do is find out where god just wants you plant it. now I, I won't a lot of times it's just the th- the people and the relationships that are already there in front of you
1: hmm.
0: already there right so in a natural sense you carry seed You know, if you find a woman, y'all can make a baby, right? You just got to fill the gap. Okay, I'll leave that there. Same thing. There, there is someone in your life right now, and it could be biological or not. You feel a void just by your presence and your attention and your authenticity. And I want to make sure I'm. I, I say that being authentic, being who you are, being present. Helps fill a gap for someone. You don't have to get dressed up, you don't have to pretend, you don't have to act. Yeah. You can, you can actually just say, I'm gonna show up for someone who's around me. And that's a step you can take today. That's a text, that's a phone call. And then it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be manufactured and made up. You could just be who you are in terms of your personality, if you're funny, just be funny. Yeah. If you, if you are, if you're intellectual, be intellectual because that is going to fill a void for someone today. You, who you are, God made you. Ifs, ands, or buts, good, bad, and ugly. God is still very um skilled at using raw material. Mm-hmm. I just want to encourage the brothers. Like today, you can, it's a text that you should have sent already you know you should have just send it and whatever the words are that come out just just let or just type it out and figure it out along the way and uh, you can make an impact starting the day it's been helpful to see and be present like i said you know in, in terms of encouragement becoming more healthy helped me be where i needed to be and see the things i needed to see Right. Um, once I embraced the challenge of fatherhood and husbandhood and manhood, it it actually helped me grow and develop. So, with with regards to me being a husband, you know my my mistakes and all, um, it helped me be, be transparent. It helped me be better with my wife in terms of connection. It just, it just, it has helped me continue to develop. And again, I'm not saying I don't have any mistakes. I haven't made any mistakes. I've just embraced the challenge. So being more healthy just allowed me to not take everything personally. Mm -hmm. You know, she said something. I'm not saying I'm perfect. But the, the hurt from when my father would chastise me. That, that's not there where it's like she can say something that will help me grow and I'm good with that like oh man I didn't know I, I didn't know I didn't wash the dishes all week you know mm. instead of if I wasn't healthy you didn't wash the dishes what I heard was you're a bad father you're a bad husband mm. no, no she just wanted me to wash the dishes help right. out around the house right mm. I've been really really busy and so doing that work with my children for instance, the the issues of rejection, right in the past, helps me be present with them. And even if my teenagers don't want to be with me, it's all good. I'ma still be there with you. I'ma <laughs> still be in your face. I don't care. You you. I won't allow you to reject me because I love you and you love me. You know. And it's not really rejection. They're just teenagers. You
2: mm-hmm. know what I'm saying?
0: Or 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 it's what his happens? Own so with personality. Like, it, it,
2: it, happy sad teenager
0: just, just, just pray for me <laughs> but, but within my, my marriage like I became more secure in who we were growing to be and I no longer have to fight the demons of my past and as I am healthier as my wife has grown and developed and changed and ex- been more expressive in areas and less express- all of that I was more stable to be able to be helpful in her growth and be present in her growth. We need friendships. We we need strong male friendships. And I'm talking about the type of relationships with other men where there's accountability. I'm talking about the real real friendships, the type of men who are like older than you, who are your peers, and you need to be mentoring.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you need
0: three layers of relationships because in each one of those areas we can grow and we need to be challenged and we need to be stretched. And, and without that, we make mistakes that aren't necessary. Yeah. And we also, we start, we, we are in this haze of, uh, I mean, it's, it's like, you're confident about things that you you trash like <laughs> when, when, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I, but no. I'm just saying like I'm y- yeah. You you are doing things and you you don't know your own blind spots. You yeah. just don't. It's true. And so without I think without those with, healthy to relationships that, to
2: that point, like without healthy relationships and without I think father figures give us a, a, substan- a substantial and subconscious awareness of authority. Yeah. And when you don't have that, everybody's different levels. Like I think that if you don't have a father figure, sometimes it's going to be hard for you yeah. to accept authority on different levels. Everybody's personality isn't attackish and snapping and right. you don't tell right. me what to do. That's not my personality, but I may feel like a, un- a little more uneasy than someone else may feel. And I think like when you don't have this with guys, they don't have anybody that can speak that authority and those friendships that's older, that's wiser, that they'll actually listen to and not just those peers. And the same for women as well. Then we have those blinders up that like, we only have people around us that are in the same stage of life of us as us um, who are just not giving us any steering <laughs> for the future. Yeah,
0: I, I think an easy question is when was the last time, what was the last time somebody checked you and you changed course because of them? Like if, if, if the answer to that is uh, a long time, my mama when I was 12 and <laughs> nah, I, I, I do what I want to, that probably means you are lacking community and you, you lack the type of relationship where someone can speak to you um, in a healthy way and you accept it. And um, unfortunately, when we don't have that, we are reckless in our relationships. We are reckless mm-hmm. and we are led by our emotions and and we are led by um, our hormones. You know what I'm saying? And we, yeah. cannot lead, we cannot lead effectively until we have been in relationships in which we have properly submitted to another man. Now, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not saying women, we can't, uh be in, in relationships where a, a woman is our boss. So I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we are going, we are going in a direction that's gonna be hard to overcome if there there is no man who can actually say to you, hey bro, when are you gonna marry her?
1: Right. Like,
0: or or hey man, you you your your tone when you were doing such and such, man, that wasn't healthy. And then you actually respond to like really okay, tell me a little bit about that. Right. If you don't have that kind of relationship, your your leadership will be incomplete. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't care how many books you read. That's <laughs> one way. That's one way training. You need two way two way communication if you want to be a leader. So I don't care whether you're a husband, a father, if you're in church, you're a pastor. If you don't have two way communication with a man or father figure, a leader, a pastor, whatever you want, whatever title you want to put on it. If you don't have two-way relationship, it's incomplete. You're doing a great job, but it's incomplete because how do you know, how do you get that direct feedback? Who's giving you direct feedback on your current relationship, your current project, your current speech, your your current business? For those of us who have businesses or ministry whatever, whatever. When we want to go from mentorship to sponsorship, it's going to take some submission. Mm -hmm. A mentor can be, there's different types of mentorship. A mentor can be distant. A mentor can just say, do this and do that. You can get mentorship from a book. Sponsorship is when someone knows you so intricately and believes in you and is attached to you that they are willing to put themselves, their own neck on the line in order Mm -hmm. for you to make it. That's good. See, that, that's a yeah. that's a whole nother level where we are becoming familiar with mentorship. And we're okay because I can get that from John Maxwell through his book.
2: Right. And I can,
0: and people are saying I'm being, you know, I, I'm mentored by John Maxwell, a distant mentor. Right.
2: But and I'm I'm a and child. bro don't
0: know you at bro, all. Bro, hey, hey. It's <laughs> not two-way. It's mm-hmm. not two way. I promise you, I know Barack Obama. He is my president. If he saw me in the airport, he gonna right. keep walking. You know what I mean? <laughs> he don't know me. It's it's one mm-hmm. way. So I would challenge guys, man. Again, three levels, but look for a sponsorship where your relationship is so is so um, so deep, and they know you so well that when time comes for them to put their neck on the line, their money on the line, they make a recommendation. For you, that they'll do it because you have that type of that that um, type of relationship. Without that, you're incomplete. and You're missing out on your your next level of you know. We all say that next level, your next dimension, whatever it is. That's where men again, whatever the sphere, leader in or out of church, in business, you can have a sponsor uh, and husbandhood and all of that
2: how can someone be encouraged in this process and journey of 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 who they are um in relation to their experience with their dad they may still be walking through it right now or that dad could be gone and they have regrets and they have all these things they never got to ask um and they're still here with these scars or wounds um that are now becoming scars um from situations with their dad like what is something that can encourage them
0: yeah I, I mean I really I really want whoever is listening in that in that position to know one you are one decision away to heal you're one, you're one decision away from your healing whether you are your dad is here or not it, it is not a mountain it is a step
2: Thank you so much Jason for sharing. We could go on and on y'all. We really could. I, I, yeah. I just keep getting like thoughts and questions, but I already know that this is really long. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to try my best. I don't want to like take out anything really good, but, um, Jason, like where can people connect with you and, and follow you?
0: Connect with me on Instagram, Mr. Jason T parks. Um, you'll just see me my kids and my wife on there and um you'll see a little bit of her business which i'm proud of shout out to Jenny joyful bakes it's delicious um the and fa- facebook of course jason t parks and then my website JasonTParks.com, jason t middle initial thomas um t for thomas uh, parks.com and reach out to me i love you know i'm, I'm in the season where i'm thinking more and more about life groups and, connecting with people and just being available so let's let's do community i love it you know i got a book coming and you know it is. no just oh you talking about this some things that are coming out of me that i never intended but it deals with some of this um, fatherlessness and it deals with the remnant that i see coming on the horizon so um, it, it's untitled uh, cause I have too many titles, I have, I, I have a <laughs> list, but it's, it is in a book about encouraging this next remnant, this next generation of leaders and this current generation of leaders to, to do this work, this internal, internal work, uh, specifically within ministry. Um, but in, in general, wherever you are, whether you're a business person, um, secular world or spiritual. So that's, what's next. Um,
2: that's fantastic. Yeah. Jason,
1: Oh yep. gosh! I'm just, just going to add in, all
2: these commas, commas, commas. <laughs> Please, I I, I <laughs> receive <by him. laughs> that. I receive it. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the Awkward Single Life podcast. Um, I hope that whether you're single, like we talked a lot about fatherhood, but it's because it affects us a lot in our single life and things that we, if we desire to be in relationship with someone. Uh, whether it's friendships or relationships leading to marriage, um, like if our parenting childhood things, they affect us as kids. So um, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And thank you so much, Jason, for coming along.
0: Thank you for allowing me to be awkward
1: on your mind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> And we've just wrapped up episode eight of The Awkward Single Life with Jason Parks. Thank you so much for joining us, Jason. I hope that you've enjoyed just this little window into our lives as we share maybe not the most beautiful and sunshine roses parts of our life, but they've impacted us. And I hope that dads see this was definitely not like a bashing male's father's thing, but We really want dads to see, wow, when you're whole, when you're well, and when you're present, what an impact you make. Whether you're a biological father or a spiritual father, you matter. You matter to me. You matter to Jason. And you matter to so many. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, what are you waiting for? Let's define the relationship. Go ahead. Subscribe. You can leave a review. Feel free to leave more than one review. Um, I'd appreciate it. This week, we have a special giveaway sponsored by Vantage Point Podcast. And we will be giving away, drumroll, <laughs> Mike Todd's book, Relationship Goals. Yo, thank you so much, Nick, over at Vantage Point Podcast. And so we're going to be doing that giveaway right on Instagram and so if you have not or you do not follow me yet, Tiffany Hines music on Instagram, my website com. if you have any questions concerns or even like a juicy topic, you can email me at awkward single life at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us and I have a little teaser for next week. Hmm, I'm feeling myself I'm feeling myself I'm feeling my <laughs> someone's out there like what in the heck is she talking about I'm talking about Beyonce's song flawless yo next week we're talking about masturbation Ooh, it's very common but definitely not talked about a lot in the Christian community join us next week bye